0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Stefan Diggs, as we continue with headlines. Um, the, uh, the the video I think a lot of folks have seen. If you haven't, I'll give you the description. Stefan Diggs, I thought kind of showed up Josh Allen on the bench in that loss to the Bengals on Sunday. Yeah,
1: was he genuinely, I guess the question is always, was he genuinely upset the way like an Andre Johnson might, or DeAndre Hopkins might say, get him the bleep out of here? Yeah, Or was he just upset that he was injured also? Um, was he upset that he wasn't getting targets? Was he upset that, Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm confusing A.J. Brown, who was injured. Yeah. Because A.J. Brown wasn't all that happy He wasn't either. happy, and they're I, up
2: 31-7 in their game. Oh, Dude, I'm so happy.
1: That I think we're seeing the return of the Diva wide receiver. Clearly. And I feel like Antonio Brown was the pioneer in reintroducing us to it. Um he 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 shot a little high. <laughs> he did. It he was did. a little it was he a did. little bit much. He but, did, but,
2: I, but the thing is what he did, there's a lot of room below it. Dude, you I was, know? <laughs> the, when,
1: the year that Stefan Diggs was being painted as the guy who was all about the team, and even though he wasn't getting the targets, he's cool because he understood it. Um I was so depressed. I was like, no. No, I need my I need wide yeah. receivers who are just I think living. they're back. I'm saying that jokingly because one of the stories that I use against Brandon Cooks that was after a victory in New Orleans one year, um, he gave lengthy comments after the game about how they needed to get things right because he didn't get enough targets in that game. So, but in terms of it's uh I don't want the Divas on my team, but I just I like the existence of yeah, Divas. Yeah, I want them in yeah. my life, yeah. but
2: not on my team. Still so, so Stefan Diggs for those who missed it. Josh Allen's on the bench. The game is not going well for the Bills. It didn't go well from jump for the Bills. Josh Allen's on the bench with his position coach looking at the tablet, and Stefan Diggs walks by the bench and he's got he's he's gesturing with his arms, his arms out like as if to say like if I'm trying to fill in what I think the talk bubble would be over his head on a comic strip, it's like, "Why aren't you throwing me the effing ball? I'm open. I'm open." Like he's he's standing there for 10 seconds gesturing and certainly gives everybody plenty to read into. So it was caught on the broadcast. Stefan Diggs tweeted yesterday, of course, his frustrations and whatnot. He tweeted this: "Want me to be okay with losing?" Oh, nah. <laughs> Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. end quote. Mm. And oh, a third tweet, sorry, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result.
1: Yeah, that's um, I, I think that is one thing. Where you walk a fine line between wanting your athletes to be upset but not too upset at losing and just exactly how are they taking it out. If a guy's upset because he feels like he needs to be more involved but that's like the main focus of what he's saying then, all right, dude, no, like, okay, if you care about the team, care about the team. Right. Um, but if you care about like your role on the team, that's a whole different scenario.
2: Yeah, I'd have to know what he was yelling. Yeah. I just think the, the the optics of it the optics were he was yelling at Josh Allen. Yeah. And I felt like saying, dude, Josh Allen's the main reason that you guys are where you are. Like he's and yet, he's made his mistakes, but he's yeah, the, obviously a great player. The Bills
1: are a tricky team because they are facing Josh Allen's new contract kicking in. Yeah. Um and at the same time they've got guys like Poyer and a few other key uh players or free agents. And they feel like the team because they're not actually a well-developed offense. No. Other than they can't run the they've football. They've got Diggs and they've got Josh Allen, yeah, who drives everything. Josh Allen drives the running game, Stefan Diggs pulling people away and taking up attention, drives the passing game, but you never feel like it's a, a, a well-orchestrated machine. It feels like a jam band out there in a lot of ways still as opposed to, you know, a symphony. That's a and good, yeah. it's um it's it's hard to sustain that over time.
2: I think of the teams that everybody is crowning right now in the AFC cuz that's that had been the talk when the playoffs started and especially when these four teams were the four teams left standing. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Jacksonville. All of whom have very very good it's a great quarterbacks. I mean Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence is you know Trevor Lawrence is ascending. But Burrow, Allen and Mahomes are undoubtedly three of the top 5 or 6 quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. And the talk had been you know how this goes like the talk becomes well this is how it's going to be forever is this going to be what the playoffs look like for the next 10 years and of course we know that at least one if not two of these teams are going to experience a hiccup in the next couple years i think the bills are the most likely team to experience a hiccup out of all these teams and i don't know in that division that the jets and the patriots and the dolphins are equipped to really truly make them pay like if you were to have a hiccup in the afc west like like you know like there's quarterbacks in that division, or the AFC North. I mean, those are four. You know, like you, you'll ask Cleveland. You'll you'll pay. You know, um, but Buffalo, to your point, Seth, feels like a team. Like, would it shock me if Buffalo was seven and ten or eight and nine next year? It wouldn't shock me at all if they don't improve some things. They can't run the football.
1: Josh Allen's cap hit goes from 16 million this year to 39.7 million. I'm no next
2: mathematician, year. but that's a big increase. Yeah. Wow. These damn
1: quarterbacks. It's the worst thing about quarterbacks, is that uh, once you find one, you get, you got three years to enjoy him, uh, and then all of a sudden he's a he's a he's a weight around your ankles, well, dragging you to your watery death. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you got to make decisions on him before a lot of them have really given you enough to pay them for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there's a story right now about Joe Burrow is going to be looking to get his extension this off season. Well, Joe Burrow deserves an extension. He's turned one of the worst franchises in team sport into a Super Bowl contender. He made the Super Bowl last year. He's 60 minutes away from making the Super Bowl this year. Joe Burrow deserves every penny that he gets, and he should get way more than Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. That's going to be an interesting negotiation because he's on one of the most notoriously cheap teams in the history of the sport.
1: Right, but they have spent... And it really started with DJ Reader and that free agency class. And this is where another reason you shouldn't get... If your team decides to start spending in free agency... The strength of your squad is way overrated. Um, Jacksonville this past season sp- spent, got criticism for spending, and ended up being really, really good in their spending. They did in the off-season. Awesome. And they pulled in guys that were viable football players. The Bengals in 2020 had had four losing seasons in a row. They had just gone 2-14. and 14. They ended up signing DJ Reader and two other defensive players. Trey and-
2: Hendrickson, Mike Hilton.
1: Yes, good job. Thank you. And... It, and they and they ended up losing, having losing season that year too. But then obviously turned things around, and had a couple of good drafts. So yep. it's not um, it's not the death blow that people think it is. As far as the cap hit, I just said that Josh's is going to go up to forty five million or so. The like the prime example of why the Chiefs are such a good team is that this year Pat Mahomes' cap hit is forty six million dollars. They had to get rid of Tyreek Hill because of that. Yeah, and it turned out to not be one bit of an issue whatsoever. Yep.
2: Yeah, I mean Except that
1: now he's got his Steph Curry ankle going. He does,
2: yeah. he does. Well, and we'll see. Look, the Chiefs were one loss record, a really good team this year. They were not the same dominant team they were with Tyreek Hill. This the Chiefs team last year would definitely not only be fit, and I know Mahomes' ankle has something to do with it. But I, I think you know, like last year, I, I'd have to go back and see what the spread was on last year's they were, year.
1: They were they were sneakily a really really good. It was weird how like people were just largely ignoring. <laughs> Pat Mahomes this year because he's he gets a little bit of the LeBron treatment. They I played think. I guess
2: my point is they played in a lot more close games this year. Yeah. And Pat Mahomes is one of those guys if you're in a close game you want Pat Mahomes as your quarterback. Yeah. They just weren't the hammer offensively. I mean, they were with Tyreek Hill like yeah. explosive play-wise. Maybe I'm wrong. What yeah. are their yards per play or explosive play? I, I just know.
1: like DVOA, they're like first by a wide margin.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: like they're 25%. I guess they're just 90%. doing it differently. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, maybe I'm off. It, it, well, they're, they've become a much more efficient offense. That's the thing. Okay, if you want to talk, it's the same as the playoffs have been so far this year. Like in the divisional round, there are a lot of really good offensive performances, like the Chiefs. Like that was actually statistically, in a lot of ways, one of Pat Mahomes', like it was a very above average performance for him, and yet none of it actually felt all that explosive or impressive mm-hmm. um I think because of the style of good defenses in the league right now is to is to play a, a lot more bend but don't break mm-hmm. it's leading to boring offense so Philly fans are right in some respects um they need to bring back like good but uh good defenses that are really really awesome except for when they suck and give up a huge huge <laughs> shot plays
2: downfield yeah um, I'm looking. The Chiefs are plus 127 this year. Last year, okay, plus 116. Maybe I'm off. They had a, actually had a higher point differential this yeah, year. Yeah, it was, it
1: was one of the more curious things this year, honestly. That like it, it just, I it like people were ignoring Pat Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> so, I yeah. don't know why. Was... I,
2: I just felt there was a point in the season, and maybe it was around the time they played the Texans and went to overtime with the Texans. Yeah, I don't think I'm overstating that game. I I know going into that game. That the talk around the Chiefs, and certainly the talk during the game on that Sunday was, phew, I can't wait to bet against these guys when the postseason rolls around. Not not me. I'm just saying the, the, the chatter that I was seeing. But maybe I overestimated the degree. Certainly overestimated the accuracy of that chatter. Here they are in the AFC title game. Um, Mahomes' ankle, Seth, I heard compared to the ankle injury he suffered back in the beginning of the 2019 season. You remember that? Where... That was probably the last patch of regular season where people were like, "Ooh, I don't know." They lost know. Uh,
1: three AFC South teams in a row,
2: including the Houston Texans. Yeah,
1: I don't know if they were consecutive losses. I know that they like they played three, the the, the three AFC window. South teams that they played consecutively. They lost to. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, well, at that point in time, too, nobody was ever going to lose. Nobody was ever going to beat Lamar Jackson again. Remember it was during the 2019 season. Yeah, that was was his MVP season. Well, Mahomes was struggling a little bit. It was that like, well, no team will ever stop the Baltimore Ravens. The torch had been passed. Certainly not just in their first game of the playoffs this year or anything. Right, right,
2: right. But Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes is going to play, obviously. I was listening to some audio from Andy Reid as I was driving in this morning. And it's so funny. You know how some of these coaches get with injuries, even injuries that are just so public. Andy Reid's the best. He's like, yeah, I know you guys are all wondering about Patrick. That's definitely the biggest injury on our injury list. I'm like, I love this guy. He's he's just a straight shooter.
1: Would you love Andrew Reid if he had a six and eleven football team and they were doing that little merry-go-round play and stuff like no, that? No, I, I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> I, that
2: yeah. was I, that I know was who I am. It was the
1: silliest things I've ever seen. Yeah, and it was. I feel like he's just mocking us. I don't I don't like new Andy Reid and you, Andy Reid. Him on these commercials where he's painting mustaches on people and everything and doing a good job of the acting. Uh, uh, Do uh, you think he's a good actor? Yes, I think he's really good when he pretends at the end. He does because, you know, I know he's a good actor because you can tell when he's doing the intentionally bad acting. Yeah, yeah. At okay. the end there when he's like, oh, I'll get to the bottom of this. I'll get yeah. to the
2: bottom of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like
1: yeah. And that's a big ask to ask somebody who's not. Actually, a good natural okay. actor to be an intentionally bad actor—that takes a certain subjugation of ego. It's impressive. Okay, yeah.
2: Siskel, what do you think of Patrick Mahomes' acting chops?
1: He's not that good. Uh It happened again. Baker Mayfield's the only current current oh, quarterback. <laughs> Baker he, Mayfield is, he, is the Tom yes. Hanks
2: of NFL players. Is he
1: employed right now or not? <laughs> yes, uh, well, he's a free agent. Yeah, I think. so uh, if they, I'll call him current with a question mark. He's right. the only good actor. Am I missing any good actors? As Text in
2: seven one three five seven two four six ten Who are the
1: other good actors as football players right now? Right. Like genuinely good Like you, you look at him and you're like, oh if I didn't know he's a football player, he might have just been. You like
2: Aaron Rodgers on the state farm commercials? No, not at all. Yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not wild about him either. I don't like
1: looking at Aaron Rodgers. He's not ugly, but he doesn't I told you, he looks too much like like, it's my dad on the weekend at the Denny's, like, in the smoking section. Back yeah, when they were smoking. especially when he grows his it hair just, out. Yeah, it feels like God. Yeah, <laughs> And my dad just sitting there trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do with these kids for two days. <laughs>
2: I saw an article in People yesterday that Shailene Woodley, his yeah. ex, that the breakup from Aaron Rodgers was the darkest time of her life. After, really? after they broke up it's yeah
1: probably because you he got her hooked on some kind of <laughs> some kind of tranquilizer. I know, I was gonna after in a back room yeah, yeah it was, it was yeah. a dark time because he
2: left me alone in <laughs> a poncha Karma <laughs>
1: he had cut he cleansed. made me sever all ties with my family um I didn't have anybody's phone numbers that's even funny yeah that's
2: funny um, people are saying on the trailer wheel and frame text page frame. <laughs> okay some of these are funny um <laughs> 9901, Brock Osweiler Brock was the worst. Yeah, in those H E B commercials. I knew right then he didn't
1: have it. No, was, uh, I did too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did you know that on, Brock? You know, you know that's the stuff I judge <laughs> yeah, athletes yeah. on. <laughs> it's like there's
1: a certain way to be a bad actor, right? And one of them is if you're an athlete and you're a bad actor, it's got to look like you're also just like you're not trying hard enough, right? Whereas Brock, like like some a lot of actors, most people in general. Or a lot of athletes. Most people in general just don't feel comfortable like showing a lot of motion and getting loose and everything. Yeah. Whereas Brock, it looked like he was really trying, and that's what bothered me. He looked like he looked like a bad actor in a high school.
2: Play. In his Woody the Cowboy outfit, and JJ's like, "What are you doing, Brock?" And he's like. Just moved to Texas, trying to fit in.
1: You know, I'm <laughs> in the wrong business. Yeah, that was a that was the one single whiff that HEB has had with its athletes. Rock Osweiler when he was dressed up like a,
2: <laughs> dressed up like a cowboy, with like Woody Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, like Woody. For, yeah, Tom Hanks's uh, voice. Yeah, Woody Chris Paul is getting some love here on the text page for his. He's in the State Farm commercials. Well, no, that's his brother,
1: Cliff. <laughs>
2: you guys are mistaken. Yeah, that.
1: like this is their twins.
2: Uh, Baker getting a lot of love. Troy Polamalu in the Head and Shoulders commercials. Yeah, that's true. Those are pretty good. And he's not actually even
1: a good. But he's he's another one. Like he's not a good actor, but it's like he's likable. He's
2: embracing the role. Too. Yeah, he's yeah. there to let his hair cascade yeah. <laughs> over his shoulders in the wind. Yeah, he's good. All right, we'll read more of these. We got to jump out here. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. Sports Radio 610. Dusty Baker um, had some interesting things to say. If you are an Astros fan who got a little angry with some of the lineups during the season, um, I would brace yourselves for the 2023 season. Dusty talks about that. And he makes a cross-sport comparison in the NBA to one of his players. We'll let you hear that next.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
0: And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio
2: 610 presents Pain and Pendergast.
4: People calling me champ. I didn't know who they were talking to at first. You know, walking down the street. And, uh, you know, uh, I've always been invited to, to spend a lot of time with the little leagues, high schools, but the request this year has been off the hook. So I got really, uh, one of my homeboys, Jerry Manuel, reminded me that I had to get my rest. So you got to take care of yourself in order because this is going to be a, I think this year is going to be tougher than, you know, than last year. I get happy
2: for Dusty when I hear him talking about being well, treated like a champion on the street these days. Well,
1: and for, you know, he comes from an era when being the heavyweight champion, like had a whole different, oh. you know, cachet Ali, to yeah. it than, than, yeah, like being that, well no, really up I didn't, anytime up until the last 20 years, if you were the heavyweight champion, I mean, that there was like very little that was better than that. That's true. Um, you know, and then boxing kind of changed a little bit, A little, the yes. balconization of boxing. Yes. So. It um so yeah to be able to be called champ it, anytime people are calling you champ in anything other than a condescending way yes like cuz you're either a child or an idiot um <laughs> like yeah gr- Nice race, champ. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. That so is, yeah, I'm happy that he gets to be called champ as well. I am well. too. I am too. I was hoping he was going to go into like some long story about Bill Cosby sending him a congratulations. Or something.
2: <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I know. So,
1: yeah, Bill Cosby calls me champ now too.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> I was like, we're going gonna... to go talk to Bregman. Wow, it's weird. There's nobody. It's, there's nobody talking to Dusty. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> mean,
1: he just wouldn't stop talking about Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. <laughs>
2: um, here was Dusty on. This team, look, a lot of guys on this team, well, not as many as as did uh, a couple of years ago, but experience with a really short offseason. A few of their most important players have that from winning it in 2017. And, look, this team has always made a run at least to the ALCS, and they've been to the World Series now the last two years. And Dusty talked about the experience that they have with the short offseason and how that helps them.
4: Yeah, these guys, they know how to do it. My first question yesterday, which I didn't know, was um – you know how did they do after the last World Series and uh, I guess they went back to the um, ALDS, ALCS and, and so um, yeah, these guys know how to do it but you know we'll assess which guys we got to take it easy with or which guys you know came out of the uh, offseason unscathed or if you had enough time you know to heal your body and their, their challenges this year is, is the WBC you know because we have a number of guys that are going to the WBC, which we got to get ready to play, and then turn off, and then get ready to play again in ours.
2: Yeah, WBC is the the World Baseball Classic. Uh, that they, they do have a handful of players that are going to be playing, and that's an off season tournament between countries and things like that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I remember uh, Presley's?
2: I know going to be playing for the U.S. There's just a few the other manager guys. of
1: the year that none of the Astros got to play. It was because Bregman was one of them. I remember, and it was. Um, the um,
2: I have no recollection. Well, they got screwed, Sean. They got screwed. Okay. Because basically, if you're, mis- disrespect.
1: if you're missing out on some spring training for that and you're not getting at-bats, you show up to camp a little Oh, so they were on slower. that team, but yeah, then didn't yeah, play. Yeah. Oh,
2: okay. I don't recall that. Um, oh, I remember <laughs> yeah, yeah, parts evidently. of it. Parts of it, yeah. <laughs> um, this is my solemn vow to Dusty. Because, Seth, as you know, last year I was one of the people that would come in after a game where, you know, three of their main guys would be benched for a game, oftentimes with Justin Verlander on the hill. Yeah. Justin Verlander, early in the season, for whatever reason, got... He was the one who had to deal with the janky lineups, with the Mauricio Dubons of the world and the Aledmus Diaz batting cleanup and things like that. Probably because Verlander is so good at his job. This is yeah. one of those things where someone being really good at their job gets penalized for being good at their job. He gets a bad lineup and no run support. Whatever. Verlander's not here anymore. This is my vow to Dusty Baker. I will not, through 162-game regular season, I will not come into this studio one time, a day following a day where you are load managing the hell out of your team and complain about it. I won't. I did last year. Okay. You called me out on it, rightfully so, because this was a very healthy team. Mm-hmm. Come postseason. I think that had a lot to do with it. So I vow, I vow that I will not do that. If Dusty will do this, if you are gonna load manage, don't do that thing you do where you take whoever is replacing Bregman and batting them cleanup because Bregman bats cleanup. Right. Whoever's replacing Altuve bats a leadoff because Altuve's your leadoff hitter. Yeah. Just put a lineup out there that's gonna score runs as best it can with the nine guys that you're putting out there. But don't don't put Mauricio Dubon batting leadoff because he's playing second base that day.
1: Yeah, that's the, the that's the part that gets super frustrating. It's easy to dismiss a lot of the other stuff as just load management yes. or, or what have you. Um I guess the other the counter argument though is okay, if you shuffle if you if you shuffle that around, then you're taking other guys who are in and out of the lineup and making it even more erratic for them. So I can see that side of it.
2: I mean, okay. If you're, I appreciate you, put, you bringing up the devil's advocate. If you're putting Dubon, working. if you're
1: putting Duban at leadoff, okay, then there's inherent issues with that, obviously. But then you're okay. That's all right. I'm with you. I'm just trying to. I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, no, no. I, I'm I get to take over Champ. Okay. <laughs> Sorry,
2: how you no, just, it's trying it, to
1: just uh, it, talking to Champ like he like he's he is out a there. champ. Yeah, no, yeah.
2: It's, it's a bold move by me right now.
1: It was 2017 when Bregman got four at-bats in the World uh, Baseball Classic. Okay, that was before yeah.
2: everybody knew they were cheating. That's Jim so Leland feeling... uh,
1: apologized publicly. Hold up.
2: Jim Leland was the manager? He was the manager, yeah. Was he like 98 at the time? He's Jim Leland. Yeah. Jim Leland, a noted in-dugout cigarette smoker. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not awesome, kids. It's awful. <laughs> but, but, it's, it was, but it's pretty uh, funny. It's notable that there used to be a time where people would... That ball players would have you know, big oh, yeah. endorsement deals. For, oh, yeah, DiMaggio probably made more money from his cigarette endorsements than he did from the Yankees You're themselves. Probably, that's
2: probably not an exaggeration. They honestly. were
1: the sneakers of the 1940s. They, were. <laughs> they really were.
2: <laughs> Back in the 30s, the, Phil Knight's grandfather was selling them out of the trunk of his car, the same way Phil Knight would sell shoes out of the trunk of his car in to. 1980. Back then, basketball
1: players used to endorse wingtips because that's basically what they played in. Yes,
2: exactly. Um, We're getting a lot of texts to the trailer wheel and frame text page on good and bad athlete athlete actors. actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nine two zero three or nine eight zero three says Alex Bregman is awesome. Is Alex Bregman awesome or is he just comedically kind of okay? (laughs) There's a sign. (laughs) Bregman's Bregman comes
1: through. He's a little bit like a Luke Wilson in that. It's more about his actual attitude coming through. He's got a different type of attitude than Luke Wilson, but Luke Wilson just comes across as like a, like a perpetually like very laid back, but maybe a little skeptical about what the hell's going on here. Yeah. Like that's Luke Wilson in every role. Um, like a little bit confused, you know, <laughs> it's like not not goofy and lovable the way yes. Owen is. Yes. But it's just his personality. Whereas Bregman, I think it's a little bit his kind of like sarcastic smirkiness that that's starting to come through early on. He was really bad. With those energy commercials, his first go at it was oh, I think those energy. He's go- in the cactus. He, a- he looks like he's like- the guy
2: selling the yeah, energy to yeah, you so he door to, to like door he was
1: a sales trainee. Yeah. yeah. Um. But like he's gotten better, so yeah. I would uh, say yeah, I wouldn't say
2: awesome, but he's fine. Who's the best out of all the Astros? If Altuve is my favorite in the H E B. And
1: Altuve's is another one that I don't know if he's a good actor. He's just so damn lovable. And he's hilarious. He's ready.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. He's really funny.
1: And coming or coming out with the big big gulp. Yes. And all that. Yeah. yeah he's really funny. standing at
2: the top of the pyramid. Yeah. I think Pena is, like, maybe a legitimately good actor.
1: Pena might be the guy. Yeah, if we go back to throwbacks, like, old time, uh, you know. Except that he's actually... Like, there was a time, kids, when people thought Joe DiMaggio was good-looking. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He dated Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> I know. I mean, you don't have to. But they, like, they referred to him as like, ooh, handsome Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. It's because uh, we're simple creatures. And when somebody's famous and successful, uh, we, we, we just think everything about them is good. So Pena's actually genuinely good looking. Yes. So, yeah, I think he could end up being an actual movie star. Uh, I'm doing something with him tomorrow night at the Houston Sports Awards. Oh, you are with Pena? I'm supposed to ask him one question. Uh, I've given. I've been given very loose instructions, just to okay. jo- just to joke around okay. with him for a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay. boy.
2: not to get too many things cooking on the trailer wheel and frame text page, but Do you want, you would want you want like to, to a- suggest some questions for Seth to ask Jeremy Pena? Or should I have
1: him read a line from Casablanca?
2: Uh, yes, let's see if his acting chops are good.
1: That was uh, Joe DiMaggio in that role. <laughs> Joe Di- yes. It was Humphrey Bogart was played by Joe DiMaggio. Played by
2: Joe DiMaggio. Um, seven four eight zero. Joe Namath, Medicare commercials are great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really are. seems lost and old. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a mean. I mean, he does, but that's, why I'm, I'm not going to read yeah, that. who are reason. the best older athletes that still do stuff? Joe Montana does a lot of stuff these days. He has been doing more and more, yeah. hasn't he? I more than, like more than when good. he was
1: a player, I think. Remember that creepy one last year during the Super Bowl where they had somebody like CGI'd they CGI'd like Joe Montana's face into. It was Vaguely. really weird. Vaguely. It was something it was strange. Yeah. Uh, somebody says Gronk is the best bad actor. Yes. And I would agree. And I, you know what? The same thing goes on the studio show, where honestly, I get it, teachers. I get why you pass kids because you don't want them to lose athletic eligibility. Right. Because that's how I am with Gronk. Like, even if you're a teacher that doesn't like sports, but the kid's a star football player and he's just so damn likable, you're like, oh, all right, I'll, you'll get a, I'll give you some extra credit and I'll give you a C. That's how I am with Gronk on the pregame show, in the yeah. postgame show on Fox. I'm like, boy, he is horrendous. But I just like him so much. I'll just, I'll give him a C.
2: I enjoy him on there. Yeah, no, he's, he's not great, but he's, I, I. He's not the meathead that people think he is. He, he actually, I learned a few things listening to Gronk talk about the tight end position and whatnot.
1: Yeah, they, I think they're. I think he needs some coaching. He's trying real hard to give like a little bit of a learned vibe, which isn't going to go great at first. But I think also he's got to fight producers who are trying to dress him up like uh, Bob. Uh, was it Bob Ross? The big, the, the, the painter with the big hair from TV.
2: Remember that used to be?
1: I don't. You don't remember that? No. That was all that was on it. Did you have cable television growing d- up? Is not that what till it is? not
2: till my freshman year in high school. Oh, okay. We didn't have cable. Our neighborhood couldn't I get it. Can't believe
1: you uh the painter with the big
2: uh The guy on PBS Bob Ross. The guy that yeah. paints stuff on Yeah. I didn't know that was his it name. was Bob Ross. Okay. They
1: had him do like some segment where he was dressed up like Bob Ross. And it's hilarious though because because he does this Bob Ross thing. He's, like, painting at the palette. Yeah. Kids, he had a just a like a, a white guy with a big afro, a big, huge perm, and um, he... <laughs> How'd that go? What's that? How'd that go? That was very fashionable back in the day. No, no, no. 70s. I'm talking days. about Gronk oh, acting like this uh, It was funny, I guess, yeah. but, like, his girlfriend said that after the segment, she said, oh, my God, you're Bob Ross, and he
2: said... Yeah, who is that? <laughs> yeah, dude, 100%. So, no, but so they, they had him do this whole shtick and he didn't even have a clue who they were doing. That's an imitation hilarious. Of. Yeah. All right. So he's a little amenable. And like he's maybe he said he's a little too easy to say yes to things, maybe. He's like a kid getting off the bus
1: I, in Hollywood. I
2: know like, your hey, first. Kid, I you know to be your, a star? I know your first question, if you didn't know, would have been who the hell's Bob Ross? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, all right, we're still getting a lot of text in on that. All right, text in. Um, any suggestions for questions for Jeremy Pena? For uh, Seth?
1: The Mannings also. Plus, Cooper is... Uh, Cooper's,
2: Cooper's good, too, it turns Cooper's out. Cooper's
1: making a long, uh, a strong late surge. He
2: is. He is. Even Archie is pretty funny in those Caesar oh, commercials. Yeah. They, they come from good good acting stock. Did you see J.J.
1: kind of snuck his way into a commercial during the playoffs? No. For Athletic Brewing Company? No. Because he's a part... Part owner, I think, or an investor in Athletic Brewing Company, okay. which is non-alcoholic. Uh, Ravel's
2: an investor in that. Yeah. I would stand a reason.
1: And they just showed him kind of, they showed a bunch of active people, and then they showed JJ kind of lounging in retirement, like mowing the lawn and then sitting in his pool, like oh, doing wow. all this retirement type He's stuff. He's already
2: got a commercial out, yeah. embracing retirement. All right. Um, the Texans coaching job. Let's level set here. Where are we at? Where does it stack up in the eyes of executives around the league. We will uh, let you know. Mike Sando let us know that. We'll let you know what the status is next.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Live from the Twin Peak Studios, Sports Radio Six
1: Ten presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne oh. hey, oh. and
2: Pendergast with you.
1: Interesting conversation.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the break. Um Alright, uh the Texans head coaching job. Let's level set here. Um Patrick Storm tweeted out a little bit earlier. Patrick Storm writes for Texans Wire. He's a fan with sources.
1: He is. He calls himself that, and I believe I am the one who dubbed him that. A yeah. Fan with sources. Because he's not like uh Official media. He's a blogger, but he's got sources. He's plugged yeah. in.
2: Yeah, and he tweeted earlier that Mike Kafka will have his second interview tomorrow. Yeah. And if you're wondering, okay, great, they're interviewing Kafka. Why are they not running to the D'Amico Ryans, Shawn, uh, Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon pay Winda to get these guys to interview? Because they can't. They can't. By rules, by NFL rules, if a coach interviewing for promotion is still coaching... In this round of the playoffs, they are not allowed to do a face-to-face or second Zoom interview until Monday, till after the games are over. Um, so so that's why. Kafka's team got knocked out on Saturday night. Yeah. He is now available.
1: You know, uh, one of the questions... Let me write this down. I want to do a little bit more of a deep dive into this. Um, the one question that we get a lot is like, hey, is it kind of a bad sign that the Texans didn't meet D'Amico Ryans in person, whereas the Broncos did? And... Wait, the Broncos, right? Yeah, Broncos. Did the Broncos that. did, correct? Um, like my my knee jerk is not really not these days, but I think there might be something to be said for that. So I don't know if, but I think that like with these interviews, logistics have a lot to do with it, and it might just have worked out that way. So like I hate to I hate to give this answer, but yeah, it could mean nothing at all, or it could mean everything. So I just don't think in this day and age. And given the circumstances, I don't think many coaches are going to be like offended or think less of a team for doing a Zoom interview. In some ways, the Texans may have thought that that was respecting D'Amico's time the most by doing a Zoom interview. I guarantee you, it was not like the McNair is thinking, like, oh, I don't you know. I don't want on to a fly plane? for two hours. <laughs> yeah, like it, that, That's not what it was. So Definitely I, not I don't, what it was. My gut tells me it wasn't an issue, but... Obviously, who knows? I, like everybody's different.
2: I just put myself in the shoes of D'Amico. This is just me. Yeah. I would rather do these interviews over Zoom when I got a game to prepare for. Having a bunch of people come in from out of town and yeah, I don't know. Man, it doesn't I'm with you. I'm 100% with you on that. So Mike Sando of The Athletic talks to people. Talks to a lot of executives and uh, anonymous executives when it comes to getting quotes from them, but the five head coaching openings were ranked by Anonymous executives and the ranking that came away for the Houston Texans was this is the best of the available jobs right now for a handful of reasons. Draft capital. And he's got some great charts in here. It doesn't translate onto the radio because it's visual. But if you subscribe to the athletic, go find this, but kind of maps out the draft capital. The Texans have big blue squares on theirs. There's a lot of red on, on some of the other ones like Denver and Arizona and whatnot. Um, the, um, the marquee players at each of the positions, the Texans grayed out okay there. Like, who are the Who's your left tackle, your go-to receiver, your edge rusher, and your cornerback? Texans actually grade out at those four positions cumulatively, mostly on the strength of Laramie Tunsil and the potential of Derek Stingley than some of these other teams do. Um, and then the cap space. The Texans have a good amount of cap space as well, the most of any of these five teams heading into the offseason. Here's what an anonymous executive says about the Texans' job. Seth, you tell me if they're accurate. Give it to me. This guy's either an idiot or a genius. It can be no other. They are first place, in my mind, due to the assets they got from the Deshaun Watson trade. The next coach should enjoy stability after back-to-back one-and-done seasons. The AFC South remains a winnable division. They have some nice young pieces from this past draft in Petrie, Pierce, and Stingwood. Well, that's clearly quote.
1: That's, uh, clearly John Lynch, uh, the general manager <laughs> yes. of the 49ers, the yeah. most incredibly well-constructed team, but for them just kind of stabbing in the dark and maybe having landed a good quarterback, um, but yes.
2: Of those four things, which one's the easiest one to poke holes in? Assets from the Watson trade, stability for the next guy because of the instability recently, yeah. um, winnable division, nice young pieces. Okay.
1: The assets in the winnable division um, are the two that, for one, I think like most head coaches or GMs looking at a, a job are going to know that the assets are those draft those draft assets are they're a little probability clouds. They are what you make you know, them. No, yeah, it's uh, the. Guys that have been in the business know for a long time that nobody's good enough to bat a thousand at these things. So, but it is, it's it's much better, especially if you need a quarterback, to have that shot, to have that opening. Um The winnable division, I think, is the one that probably consciously grates at people, because that feels a little bit. I like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I'm just too maybe this is like old school machismo or something. But I don't think most guys who are cut out to be NFL head coaches look at like trying to game the system so that they have the easiest run through the division. Peyton
2: brought it up in his interview Sean with Peyton did, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, maybe that's probably maybe that's another well, maybe reason that he just him. Have been, I, Yeah, you know, that might be another reason then not to hire him. I, like I, he's looking I, for the easy road. 100%. Yeah. Um because I cuz the other thing is that, that that just changes so much. It's just never It's never the same, you know, year to year to year. And look, last year, the AFC West looked like it was going to be just a a brutal fight to the death.
2: Dude, the AFC West was supposed to be the greatest division ever this year, and it was okay. I mean, the Chiefs are obviously very good. The Chargers made the playoffs. The NFC East was supposed to be the worst division in football this year, Mm -hmm. and they sent three teams to the playoffs, and the Commanders, the one that didn't make it, it took... 16 weeks to eliminate them.
1: Yeah. I just think that... It it, changes. Yeah, like, I think you got to be realistic if you're a coach, but I do think there's also got to be a certain level of confidence and, like, bravado to you, almost, where you're saying, like, well, look, I'm planning on taking this job, and I'm planning on winning a Super Bowl, and I plan on being here for the next 10 years, you know? No, go die. Uh, Like, (laughs) I don't care. What are you? What are you negative? Nancy's? To be clear, I hope D'Amico
2: didn't say that. That's Isn't what he did. It? I told him. You did. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? They'll love is if, at the end, you tell them to go I die. To. I just go added die, him on Twitter. Everybody.
1: Yeah, I just I didn't uh, I didn't tell it to him personally. I just I, I found his social media and I just <laughs> sent him a message.
2: <laughs> um, I, what what I find interesting with these rankings in Sando's article it goes Texans first as far as the head coaching openings, Panthers second, uh, Colts third. Colts third with a huge asterisk that Ursay could change this to fifth place in a second. But what I find interesting is the two teams that actually have quarterbacks in place are the worst jobs in the eyes of these executives. Denver and Arizona. Mm -hmm. The two teams now, the two teams that have quarterbacks in place that they are pot committed to for at least two or three more years because of their contracts. Yeah. Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Yeah,
1: those are big, those are big downsides. And I guess like realistically, too. If you're being very realistic as a coach, you realize that yeah, your ideal is to spend 5, 10, 15 years at a place, but that the reality is sometimes if you don't have immediate success, that it's a short life cycle for these coaches. Um, but I just like I'm trying to think of this whole this whole scenario of being scared of going into a certain division. Like is that like I'm is it hard to f- hire guys into the SEC right now? Because that's the exact same <laughs> <No>. thing, yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, like, I, I don't. It doesn't seem like it's hard to get people to take those jobs, yeah. and yet you have an extreme version of that where it's really, really hard to necessarily, you know, rise to be the cream of the cream, um, because of the the competition at the top of there. So I'm not, I'm not buying that part of it.
2: All right. Oh yeah. So Denver, Denver four, Arizona five. Dude, Joe Burrow is hitting the market. God, if he goes and wins a Super Bowl, even if he doesn't. If he goes and wins a Super Bowl, he's hitting the market for a contract extension, not only after getting to two Super Bowls in a row and winning one, even if he gets there and doesn't win, in a year after Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson all reset the market. Like, Joe Burrow is going to be able to look at this and go, look at the guys who are getting paid. Russell Wilson sucks. Kyler Murray is is mediocre and got injured, and Deshaun Watson, a lot of stuff going on with Deshaun Watson.
1: (laughs) Well... And that's where everybody is kind of creeping up towards that Deshaun Watson, two hundred and forty million or two hundred thirty million in guarantees. Yeah, Kyler Murray got one hundred ninety million guaranteed. It was like one. Was they were 170. all around like
2: one sixty, one seventy, one
1: seventy guaranteed. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like um, so they're still fifty million off of the, the oh, yeah. guarantees. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. There's yep. a part of me like there's a subtle respect for Cleveland having done it, like having screwed the Bra- the Ravens over a team within their own division that even if they can't beat him on the field or beat him in the standings, at least they're going to put them over a barrel when it comes to paying their quarterback. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you look at the, so the, the Bengals forever were known as a team that just flat out wouldn't pay money. They've changed and gotten more aggressive than they used to be. They used to be bottom of the barrel and just about everything. Sean, the, the Bengals were so pathetic. It was even like, okay, I don't know how they manage this, but like the NFL has a really sweet 401k match. They match two to one. And I can't remember what the limit used to be, but it was like they would match. When the limit was $11,000, they would match $22,000 or whatever it was. So it was a pretty sweet deal. And like almost everybody in the league took advantage of it because the NFL PA reps would get up and and say, rookies, you idiots, whatever you're playing with buying for this $10,000 Don't you're putting it in your 401k. It's not going to triple in value. So they had like 97 percent buy in, and like the three percent was all people on the Bengals. So like (laughs) I I have no idea. I have no idea how the Bengals found ways to discourage guys from taking twenty thousand extra free dollars every year. But they like they botched something, and they wouldn't. It was, it was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God.
2: What a horrible organization. And now but that's they're what where, they used to be. Yeah.
1: And like now, they're still like this year in cash spending, they're twenty-seventh in cash spending. Yeah. So it's not like they're free spenders or anything. Um, but I, I don't think it's gonna be an obstacle with Joe Burrow. If it is
2: Well, the problem is that escrow rule where you gotta take all the guaranteed money and stick it in an escrow account. Yeah. You're guaranteeing two hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money to have to, to put just in, stick escrow. in escrow. Yeah, yeah. <sighs>
1: That's a holdover from back in the days when they weren't really sure if owners would be able to make payroll. Or yeah, not. I so they okay. to, yeah, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, I
2: think they probably need to change that. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast.
1: You know, billionaires don't—they don't like to just park two hundred million in, exactly in a money market account. That's right. That's, That's right.
2: A, yep. Uh, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Tuesday. Um, so, has a dream scenario evolved now for the Texans? Are we getting our heart set? on a dream scenario and are we setting ourselves up for disappointment that is next
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better